With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everyone, today we have a great episode lined up. Uh, back on Around the Coin, we have the three of us, Brian Faisal and myself, this is Mike here, and we have on our show today a guest, Grace Gong, a good friend of mine, who is joining us today to tell, her about her, tell us about her journey uh, beginning in China, moving to the U.S., and writing her new book, which has just come out, called The Last Key to Success. Uh, in which she gathered uh, 21 contributing writers from the Forbes 3030 list and grouped them all together and wrote this great book. So, Grace, welcome welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much. I'm so excited about this show. Yeah, definitely. We're excited to have you. Uh, before we jump into that, uh, I want to give a quick welcome to, to Brian and Faisal. Faisal, uh, pre-show we talked hey. about a couple of the contributing writers Good morning. So yes, uh, two articles we talked about that are worth mentioning. We'll put the links in the show notes. One is by Winnie Lingham. Uh, his article is Bitcoin 2017, a currency devaluation hedge for emerging markets. It's a great read. It's on Medium. You can read it there. And the other one is by Arjun Venkatachalam. He's written an article called Currency Demonetization, why it didn't really work and why it was a missed opportunity. And this is specifically refers to the demonetization that's happening in India. So shout out to those two guys. Mm. Yeah, we're going to keep contributing, uh, keep adding contributing writers. And uh, as a focus for 2017, we talked about pre-show, it's just to more do a better job of integrating our listeners and contributing writers into the show. Uh, so we'll include links there and then uh, look for further guests and other episodes. Um, Grace, we're really excited to have you on. How are you doing this morning? It's been good. I'm sorry my voice is a little bit like... I'm sick because of the weather, but yeah, it's been very exciting. I've been looking forward to do the show, and yeah, it's been great. Yeah, yeah, we're really, we're really excited. Wonderful. Yeah, we're great. Um, so I got, I got to ask Grace. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to jump in because I'm just blown away with this idea of the book, and I, I got to let everybody know Mike uh, contributed to this book. Is that correct, Mike? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Grace, what started you on this journey uh, to write this book? And then let's start there and maybe work backwards and how you got to it. Yeah, of course. Um, So I started the book because I was um, 
I was very inspired by fa- by my favorite a comedian. His name is Jude Apatow. He wrote a book called um, he wrote a book called Sick in the Head, and he interviewed all the famous comedian when he just started out his career um, in comedy. So he interviewed like Jerry Seinfeld.、Um, <clears throat> Adam Sandler back in time, they're like the top comedian. Right now, there's Amy Schumer and everybody else. So he,、um, what he did was like he just like use a gigantic recorder and then he go to like、um, their house, ask a bunch of questions about like how they started comedy and what challenge they face and everything else and all the secret to like success. And they comp-、uh, he compiled it into a book called Sick in the Head. And nowadays, he is one of the top comedian, comedy director, writer, and everything else.、Um, he directed like all my favorite movie, like Knocked Up or like、um, all that stuff. So like I feel like I want to do that, but in、uh, business or entrepreneurship. So that's why that's what inspired me to create this. Wonderful, wonderful. And did you did you think about the idea of having individual authors from the the very first moment, or what what kind of coalesced that got you to this point? Um, I think like um, so there were like two choices. One is like you can interview them. The second is like they can write it themselves. I personally like to read stuff that people wrote about themselves instead of um. Just read about like oh someone else interview because、um, I feel like I want to actually hear their voice from like like their personal perspective and like what challenges they're facing instead of just asking question about like what they did because I I want to hear about like what's their struggle.、Um, A lot of like a lot of the feelings are behind the scene. Normally, you can't technically describe into like action, but like I want to hear like how they felt at the moment and then what made them to make a certain decision. So I want to learn about like the decision concept throughout、um, their like yeah like throughout like their journey. I love it. What what made you pick Mike? Because、um, Mike is a genius. We we think of him as just being brilliant. How did you find him? Um, I. Or how did Mike find on... you? Man, Mike is so friendly. Like when I was like looking at the list, and <laughs> I originally I emailed a、uh, maybe around like two hundred people, and then one one hundred and forty six people said like yes, we're interested, and then wow,、um, Mike wow, was, you had one hundred forty six yeses. Uh, they're like, I'm interested. Yes, I'm interested, and then email me more details, and then give me a call or something like that.、Um, I was very surprised. I think most people are very supportive. I pick Mike is because early on we scheduled a call, and Mike was just very friendly, and、um, yeah, and then he has a great picture. So <laughs> that helps. <laughs> yeah.、Um, And yeah, and also Mike, it's like very.、Uh, when I read about his draft, like a lot of people's drafts are like very dry, but Mike is like very emphasizing on、um, how he how he made his decision, and then like his story are very very relatable.、Um, his product is、um, so like、uh, he talk about his journey about like,、uh, for example, like at the beginning they started like.、Um, 
a very different app than now and how he made it from like how he made the switch so i find it very interesting and engaging also i find a lot of my friend um all have like all share like similar paths in san francisco they're living in like a gigantic house with a bunch of people and like eventually find like co-founder and they're working like day to night to like make it work and right now mike is in oa so like i feel like those story are uh, very interesting and also like very relatable so i i think like he's a really great person to work with well thank you i appreciate that so let me ask you grace let me ask you, Grace, did you take, how did you get inspired by the idea? I mean, I understand that the comedian thing was there. It was, just, was this something that you always wanted to do, you know, write a book or, you know, publish something? Or was it just something that you had a moment and you said, you know what, I'm going to do this? Um, the major purpose that drives me to do it is I really want to create something that will connect entrepreneurs all around the world to um you know, share their experiences and getting help from other entrepreneurs. Um, currently, because um, I think I'm very fortunate to be in San Francisco. This book is just like a starting point of that journey. So um, I'm very fortunate to living in San Francisco that like everyone around me is an entrepreneur. But I remember that like I used to live in uh, the suburb of Illinois or like in uh, Beijing, like when I was in high school, I wish I could have the opportunity to actually pursuing entrepreneurship. Um, I, yeah, like I felt like I was very lack of resources and the supporting system from peers. If I know that other peer in all around the world at are actually creating something just like me, I would probably more likely to keep pursuing it because when I, um, I felt like currently i think from a personal perspective this journey of like asking people how they created their company are giving me a lot of not just information but a lot of like it's a really great network to um leverage on uh, even now or in the future so i really hope to like keep our network going and uh i'm pretty sure i will keep expanding it um another thing it's like yeah i'm sorry uh, no, go on. Yeah, another thing. Go ahead. Another thing is I I really hope to like share this network with uh entrepreneurs around the world because there are so many people are um are creating companies in a position that like nobody else are doing it. So they probably feel very um like they probably feel like they are um very alone. So I just really hope to like give them the support and peer system to like help them to be successful. And that's my general go about it. So, so I Grace, think a book would be, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say your, your journey starts in China. You were born in China, correct? Yes. So tell us about your early days and, and contrast what because you you sort of talked about the entrepreneur spirit and and how it is surrounding you and, and and motivates you contrast that to your early days and and your journey getting to i guess you said chicago and the silicon valley uh go into that a bit yeah for sure um so i started in uh when i was 14 in high school like i went to an international private high school in china and um, I started English newspaper in China. 
because back in time um, when I was in high school, uh, because our school is an international high school, we're very small and like very unique. Um, everybody is trying to study abroad. So ninety five percent of the student goes to America, and five percent of people go to like Canada or something or England. And um, because of everyone is trying to study abroad, and I like I was reading about like college application to a school outside of my country, and they said that beside like a good score, you need extracurricular activity. And because of most Chinese high school doesn't really have much extracurricular because everyone is just like studying all the time, and I thought it would be cool to like. Because our school have a lot of activities, and we have a lot of like student organizations. I remember when I started, it was like twelve student organizations or thirteen, and um, I was like, um, since we're applying for school, we probably should rec like we probably should have someone to record what we did for these activities, so we can have something to put it on our college applications. And I talked to my roommate about it. They think it's great. So like, um, and like I just started like an English newspaper because、uh, to record like all these activity that we have in uh, uh in our school campus. And uh, basically, I just like reach out to my roommate. She designed the poster for us, and I talked to one of my really good friend. Then she was like helping me to like you know like asking around if people would do it. We hunt posters in like every class. Classroom, we do like bake sales, or、uh, we would,、um, yeah. Like I just like keep recruiting all my friends to join this, and I remember there was like a hundred and forty people in our class, and I have seventy two people to like join on board. I was,、um, I technically hired like one of this like super popular guy in like、uh, in our school. I hired him to like be joining this joining our board of directors. So like there were a lot of girls joining because of him, and um and like eventually we just like produced this newspaper. It's an English newspaper called Huijia Voice, and um it it and then like pe- people just like people's parents and people just started buying our newspaper. So that was like my first um. Growing up, entrepreneur experience that what changed me and like you know encouraged me to do whatever I'm doing today. Wow, what a what a great start! So, how did you wind up in Chicago? Um, I was applying for college and I did not take the SAT, so there were only couple limited options to um to pick like the the school have like very limited options um to like pick like. Um, if you don't have the SAT score as an international student, and my school has an agency, I said that I want to study media or communication and stuff like that. And my um my high school agency picked um University of Illinois and Urbana-Champaign for me, and I just came to study abroad. Wonderful.、After. How did you get to the Silicon Valley? That's um that's a bit of a, a trek.、Mm-hmm. Um, after like I graduate and I moved to New York for a little bit, and Silicon Valley offered me a job with Visa, so like a support sponsor my Visa, so I moved to the Silicon Valley. Wow! Wow! What What did you wind up doing at Visa? Um, so there's this Chinese、uh, real estate company. And I actually started their first American office for them. Their clients in China, including Microsoft and Tencent, and、uh, right now they like bought 
um, at time it was the most expensive building in San Francisco. And so um, I just like helped them to starting their American office um, from the scratch, like renting the room and like actually hiring staff, like um, including like a content lawyer, everybody else. So um, I just helped them to do a lot of like trend, like transitioning work and going to meetings, getting loans and everything else. So I did that. And um, right now, I think there are clients including like Twitch, which is Amazon now, and um, like Foursquare, General Assembly, and everything else. So it's like a real estate experience, but also just like starting company from um, between like starting a com- uh, starting a office for a Chinese company. Wonderful. So... The book. Tell us more about some of the um, authors that you that you picked. I, I, certainly, we know Mike's in there. That's going to be interesting, and maybe a, a highlight like of when some does of the it come out. Better. Also, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I uh, so some of the author are I pick the authors based on like um, the how like the definitely based on people's quality and also based on like, um, I want people with diverse experience. Um, there are people that are, you know, doing a PhD at Stanford, or there are people that are in Florida starting a startup that is like, they are from Turkey. And, um, so it just all based on diverse experience. I shape the book around the question that I think like most entrepreneur ask the most, um, like from how you starting a team to how do you like um, how do you like turn an idea into like a reality, including like how do you fundraise your like startup? How do you not fundraise, but like how do you get funding for your startup? Um, how do you maintain like a good team? How do you do hiring? How do you do marketing? How do you um, eventually like, you know, like sell this company or everything else? And like also including personal um, issues, for example, how do you get money when you're working for your startup how do you um how do you what's your living condition how do you pick where to live where to sell your stuff and um what are some like what are some struggles that you are facing and i think like people i picked um not only share diverse experience but also they are they're very good at the subject they're talking about And, um, after their store, like I would chat with them, on their story about, um, like how they started a company and then pick what's their strong suit. Um, so there are some people in our book are, there are some very interesting people from like, um, a guy who started a fashion company to, uh, there are two Harvard girls selling buck chips and there are, you know, PhD at like, Yale or Stanford doing some very exciting technology changing, um, like very life changing systems for like, you know, like there's electronic hands or there are like, you know, changing the like agriculture system and like everything else. People are uh, extremely interesting. I, I, I would love to just like share everyone's story as soon as possible to the world. Grace, uh, congrats again on all, all this. It's really inspiring. I think for a lot of people, especially you know, trying to get into startups or you know whatever industry they are, to sort of look at this as a template 
or an idea that they could then take to whatever realm they're in. Um, I can't tell you how many people, you know, fresh out of college just want to quickly build a network or quickly do something that puts them on the map. And I think you just force this into existence in a really positive way. And it's really encouraging for a lot of people. I've used it as an example uh, to, to a ton of younger, younger folks. Um, I want to learn exactly the and share with listeners the the approach you took. Specifically, you sent an email out. Uh, the email I'm trying to find it. Um, I'm sure it was a was it a general introduction. Do you remember how we first came in, in contact? Did, did you send emails out? Was that your first approach outreach? Yeah, yeah. Um, here's how I did it. Um, a, I would send out an email and test the water, and then um, if people don't respond, I would change the email a little bit. And norm, I, I think like my second email just worked. Um, the I basically just claim, hey, here's who I am. And um, second, it's just like, you know, this is a project I'm doing. Would you be interested in drawing this? And that's like, I think that's basically it. And I also mentioned, I probably mentioned about like, you know, like I know some some of my friends are already um, interested and then they uh, they started something already. And would you be one to join this? Um, I think it's just basically something like that. I just took like just cold email. I feel like um, people normally are very interested in helping. Mm. So, so the initial outreach, and then you get a collection of people. You go from 146 positive responses down to uh, what, what sort of ways did you use to filter through those to get to the 21 end contributors? Um, originally there were like 146 people and said, well, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I, um, originally I sent out a contract and I picked people who signed the fastest and, um, because I felt like there are people who are, so like originally there were like around the 40 people who signed the contract and I was like, um, I'm going to separate them into different books, but I are. Our, that's my original thought. And based on what people wrote, I um, probably filter out a little bit of people um, because of like some people are unwilling to share the true story or some people deliver too slow. And um, I pick it based on um, timing a lot just because I felt like, um, yeah, like I felt like timing is basically everything. That's my personal philosophy. And um yeah, like, and then I read about people's material. I want to make sure there are um, equally amount of men and women in this book, and um, people's um, there are people. I don't want to keep the same people in the same category or like sharing the same experience a lot. For example, if there are two people who created the similar amount, similar company, I'm probably gonna filter out one. Or mm-hmm. uh, if there there are people who share the same experience, for example, uh, there. Are like there are two groups of people went to Harvard and is creating the same thing. And then like, I would probably do one group. Um, and I normally pick the founders that are most like nice and interesting. And I'm not saying the other person are not nice, but it's more about like who has, um, who gave it more attention. Um, because I feel like that's, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, that may contribute more. Mm-hmm. That person may contribute more and more willing to share about like how they created their um, company. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I did it. What, what do you think? 
curious on that. What do you think is the the reason so many people responded uh, yes? Uh, how many people, I guess, received that first email? And then what do you think it was? Because you know, we you, you get a lot of emails asking for people to you know sell you something or contribute to something or promote their product. Um, but I'm just really impressed with the. Uh, with the with the number of people interested in this, do you think it was what was people's motivating factor? Do you think? Um, and I, I can share with you mine after. I'm curious your answer on that. Thank you. I think were, generally were people... most people. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sorry, uh, no, what, what were it. you saying? Okay. Oh, I, 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 I guess so we're just, just looking at people's motivating factor. Uh, I think most people are just really interested in helping. Uh, I think like my email just sounds like I'm seriously actually doing this. And I also have a word document about like what exactly I want to put in this book. So people think, oh, this person is not like going to not do it. So I think most people's major concern is like, is this person actually going to do it? And I just show them that I'm actually doing it. So um, I think Mm -hmm. that's, um, I think most people, A, they're trying to help. B, they think you're also trying to help and then also actually going to take action on this. And I think that's what drives them to um, do it. That's what I assume. I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people who um, also decide to not do it. And like there there must be a reason. For example, they're too busy or something else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, that's a big motivating factor. Um, but you also entice people with the concept of being in a book. I mean, I think, number one, everyone in the world thinks first about themselves. Uh, whether we like to admit it, that's sort of the, the structure of the world that, that makes it work successfully. And I think when you offer people the ability to sort of promote their own brand or their company um, through an actual published book, that's a really appealing and unique proposition for most people. And then you 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 also pitched and, and implemented a really interesting, I thought quite innovative business model to the book. Can you talk about the, the finances and, and how you sort of structured all of that? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I will give certain amount of share to um, each individual authors of like the book revenue. However, this book is currently causing a lot, including like the lawyer fee and account, like bookkeeping or um, publishing, editing. The editing fee is very very high at this moment. And um, but yeah, I, I would give some share to the uh, contributors in my book. So, um, so let's walk through that. So is, did you yeah. – I'm curious. You, you, so you set up lawyers. Who else did you need sort of on the back end? A lawyer, uh, an editor, um, uh, publishing on Amazon it sounds – I've never done it. I, I'm curious to hear your process there. And then you, did you create the book as an LLC or how, how did you sort of set up the technical details? Um, I Yeah, I created an LLC for this book. And uh, what else do I need? I'm trying to find my expense section. So there was like editing consulting. Um, there were website money. There are lawyer fee, insurance, um, book cover, and everything else. So there are like here and there, there are a lot of fees, but those uh, those cut, those field categories are what I have right now. That's like a big cost yeah. So there's insurance, lawyer, um, editing, consulting, uh, cover, website. Mm. And there's definitely like promotional stuff like videos or whatever that takes money to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Let me let me chime Go in ahead. with a question. So, Grace, you've done this book. 
What are your plans? Do you plan to do this book internationally, the same concept with people outside the U.S.? Or do you have something else in mind? Tell us about your future plans. Um, I'm planning on, this is just my first step, and I'm planning on publishing it in China as well, like publish the same book in China as well. And uh, the uh, the cover will be like um, the like the foreword is going to be by one of the very successful Chinese founder and CEO. And um, beside that, I'm going to keep, I think like my, I want to see like the result from this book and then people's feedback from this book. I definitely want to um, see people's reaction. If people want to read it more and I probably going to create the next um, book. And I personally want to do either platform or anything else that would help me to connect entrepreneur around the world. My mission and my personal goal, what drives me is just to um, create something that will connect entrepreneur around the world. That's my major goal and um, future plans will be like coming up soon. It really, yeah, like I really hope to see like how people like and think about this book and then I want to help them the best way that I could. Mm. Do, uh, I, was, I was thinking... I got a quick question. Grace, do you think the entrepreneur impact and spirit in China is somewhat different and would impact differently uh, when uh, when this book is read in China? Um, I think like uh, Chinese entrepreneurs are actually very exciting. Uh, they've been moving in a way faster pace than what I've seen in Silicon Valley in like a lot of like different small companies. Um, I think I, since I haven't really go home for a long time, so like I wouldn't tell personally how different they are, but from people I know, I think um, they would be very likely to um, read something like this. And it, it just like it, it just very interesting to see like you know like entrepreneurs around the world to share their experiences. I think um, I may do something similar in China and then translate it into uh, into English, and then like American people can see like how Chinese people are doing this. And I think it's very, it's just very interesting to see like um, how people would react. I think uh, entrepreneurs around the world are all um, hoping to like learn from each other and see. Um, what's working and yeah. I think that's brilliant. I'd love to see that equivalent book uh, made in China published in the U S I think there's, there's this, there's this sort of black box and I think it's applied throughout Silicon Valley that there's just not a great understanding of how entrepreneurship is being run or even the companies and funding scenarios and iterative strategy. I mean, a lot of those things are just not available to people. I think, uh, and I'm, I'm curious, Brian Feisel, if you have any thoughts on that, but it, it feels like Silicon Valley is very independent, large, fast growing, but also quite siloed into the, the knowledge base. I think it's fair to say that's one of the reasons why I'm one of your co-hosts, so that you get an international perspective, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's there's something to be said about this idea of the cultural center of uh, entrepreneurism and opportunity as the United States or even even the Silicon Valley. I mean, it's been my estimate that, unfortunately, once an area reaches a, a level of success and wealth, 
the protectionism to continue to go in the same directional is uh, is really uh, pre- prevalent. And I think one of the biggest issues with Silicon Valley right now is the reason why they're not seeing what's coming up ahead and they're grabbing on the VR goggles and saying this is a future is because it's actually being uh, – sort of nebulized around the world and there's pockets of incredible opportunity and entrepreneurism all over over the place yeah and and i think grace is grace is going to tap in on that in china i think china needs to get some more insight about what's going on in the u.s from a ground level and i think there's also this the U.S. doesn't see the desire and drive for economic uh, prosperity and innovation in, in places like China, India, et cetera. Yeah. I think, Grace, you just have, whether you realize it or not, you have such an amazing bridge between understanding the, the U.S. market and, and the Chinese market. Um, and there's just so hugely influential markets in the world. I mean, as Brian would say, you have the, uh, the, the quintessential empirical paraxis. <laughs> There you go. Available to you, um, and uh, and I, I really do hope you're able to publish the book in China, and maybe even publish a book on how you publish these books. Write the template. You know, I think Faisal. I, I keep nudging him, but I think he should do this for the banking world and the payments world. Is just get twenty people together that that are influential in payments, and then you know put them all together and 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 help other people learn from their experience. Um, but Grace, we, re- we really enjoyed having you on today. Uh, I, I, I just commend you on, on all your success and look forward to more of it in the future. Thank you so much for having me. I've learned so much. I've definitely hoped to see like what I could do in the future to help you guys. And, um, please let me know. Like, I just, I definitely hope to like pick up your brand, uh, on like, you know, like how I could help in like, you know, like the podcast and the entrepreneurial world. And thank mm-hmm. you so much for having me. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. You know, for centuries, the ultra wealthy have been putting their money where their mouths are by investing in fine wine. And now with Vint, you can do that too. At Vint, we offer SEC qualified investment opportunities of fine wine and spirits curated by our experts with portfolio managers. With Vint, you can invest and diversify into the most sought after assets that have a history of price appreciation. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 